Good morning. Welcome to our broadcast today. Uh, once again, I hope that God's been good to you this week, and I'm sure He has. If we take an opportunity and reflect on the week that we've had, not on the discouragement, not on the frustration, but on the good things. Those discouraging moments, those frustrations, what about the things that God has brought us through? What about those things that we've been able to overcome by the grace of God? That's where I want you to be today. I want you to be looking at His grace, His mercy. This time that we spend together, I want it to be the most encouraging time of your week. And at the same time, at the same time, I want God's Word to offend you. To offend you in the ways that you need to correct. You need to grow. You need to develop. You need to see yourself through the pages of God's wonderful Word, our Bible. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 2. We're going to be going over verses 1 through 12. But before we move in to that Bible study, let's talk about prayer. Every one of us have need of prayer in our life. Maybe it's a health problem. Maybe it is a difficulty uh, at work. Maybe it's the need of a job. You know, the COVID virus has put a lot of people out of work. A lot of people are having to rethink and reevaluate what it means to be employed and be able to care and provide for our families. Those are items of prayer. Also, there are many other items that I'm sure are specific to you. I want to invite you to share those in whatever depth or detail you feel comfortable. And let's all of us join and pray for one another. You know, I will begin this morning. I want you to pray for me. Pray that my health, that God will touch my health. And that there are things in it that need to be dealt with and that He will overcome them and strengthen them. Pray. That the ministry God gives me, He will continue to open doors for me to serve Him. Pray for my wife. This morning she's a little sick. She's not feeling very good. Pray for her health. Pray for our safety. Being a being a bivocational pastor, meaning that I pastor churches and congregations and I conduct ministry as well as hold a full-time job. That job is in the North Carolina prison system through assisting and enabling the corrections officers and the law enforcement teams to, to have the tools necessary to do their job and to be safe. Pray for all of their safety. Pray for my safety. As I go into that environment daily to do my part to keep the criminals in the prisons 
and at the same time minister to them as Jesus opens the door. A lot to be praying for. But if you look inside of your heart and you really think about where God has you, you will find just as many, if not more. Let's also remember to pray for the lost this morning. Let's pray for those who need Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let's also remember to, to pray for those who are saved today. You know, there is a, a lot of fear that are engulfing congregations today. Many churches are open right now. They're open to limited seating, but at the same time I'm hearing that there are many that people have quit coming. Whether it is because of fear, whether it is because of habit, I really don't know. And I'm not trying to be judgmental about it. But pray for the churches. Pray for the pastors. Pray for God's will to move. I hope you have been sharing your prayer requests and your prayer needs. I hope you've been remembering them and we're getting ready to bring them to the throne of grace. We're getting ready to take them to God himself. Remember, when we're done we're praying, we're going to be in Mark chapter 2. But first, let's go to God in prayer. Let's ask Him to bless the service. Let's ask Him to, let's ask him to, to look at our needs as we call them out to Him and as He knows them in our heart to reveal them to us, the needs that we may not know and we may not see. Heavenly Father and Lord God, I bring to you this morning our message and our services. Lord, I bring to you the McDowell Mission Ministry, the John Thompson Center for Men, and the Friendship Home for Women and Children. Lord, I pray and I lift them up to you and I pray, dear God, that you would touch them in a mighty way, that you would draw them to your word and that you would draw them in such a way that they would be saved that they would look to you for salvation and that they would look to you for guidance and direction to overcome the circumstances of their life lord i pray that for all the requests that are being lifted up to you right now i pray that you would touch in your way according to your will those needs and lord i pray that in all of our cases the needs that we have that you're aware of, and you see and you know, and we don't. We're not willing to see them. We're not willing to accept them. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and you would call us to those needs and that we would call them out to you. Be with the word as it is preached and taught this morning. Lord, may it lift up Jesus. Heavenly Father, may your word not return to you void, but may it accomplish everything that you have purposed it to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mark chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached 
the words of him. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they also reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified of God, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. May God add blessings to the meaning and the reading of His words today. When we look at what's going on in this situation, we see a lot we see a lot taking place Jesus has already accomplished a great deal he's very popular he's very highly sought after and you know even today among those who who want to compromise Christianity he is still sought after they, they realize who Jesus is. Whether they want to really deal with the truth of who Christ is and whether they want to accept it as truth and reality, that's between them and the Lord. But they know. They know. That's why they seek Him. That's why they keep coming to Him. Because they really realize deep in their heart who he is. They may have things that they won't give over and they want to compromise on. But they know. Friend, wherever you're at, you know who Jesus is. Just as these folks knew who he was. There was a lot going on in Christ's life. There was a lot going on in the world at that time. <coughs> Excuse me. See, I want you to realize something about these people and about people today. They were going and they were there because they knew that Christ was in the house. He was an attraction to them. There's a problem that's going on in plaguing churches today. The pastors may be preaching, 
that Christ is in the house. Uh, the Holy Spirit may be residing there that Christ is in the house. You, but you see, there's a problem with the people that are around in our communities today. They're not gathering around the preaching of God's Word. Christ isn't an attraction. It isn't a draw to people today. He isn't a draw for the right reasons. I've already said there are people that look for Him in a compromising way. But do you realize Christ isn't interested in you and I coming to Him for compromise. Christ wants you and I coming to Him because of who He is. Because He is the only begotten Son of God. It is through Him and Him only that sin can be forgiven. It is through Him and Him only that you can be called to sit down before the throne of grace and ask forgiveness of your sin and it be forgiven of you. Folks, Christ is in the house. Christ is in the house. And He is calling people to come to Him. He is in your house right now under the preaching of this word this morning. He is in the house this day calling you to repentance. Christian, He's in the house today calling you to set aside that sin that you know has stood between you and the Lord Jesus Christ, stood between you and serving God. He's asking you to set that aside and come to Him and follow Him. He's asking you, just as it was noised about, that He is in the house. And then let's look at more of what happens. Look in verse number 2. Many were gathered. It wasn't a handful. As a matter of fact, the house was full. There wasn't even enough room for people to stick their head in the door and the windows to look. Standing room only was gone. There was nothing else. But you know what? They were there and they were gathered to hear the Son of God. Because you see, in the end of verse number 2, He preached. He preached what? He preached the Word. He preached the Word of God to them. They didn't, regardless of what they came there for, they got the preaching of the Word of God. That's what's going on in many churches this morning, is the preaching of the Word of God. Yet, however, today, the preaching of the Word of God has become so offensive to many, even those that hold membership in the church, that they selectively pick and choose when they want to come. They may be Easter Sunday and Christmas Day Christians. Uh, they may be there for special programs and special events. Maybe they bring the kids for vacation Bible school. But Mama and Daddy, Grandma and Grandpa, do you not understand the preaching of the Word of God is what is important in our lives today? Please get your heart wrapped around this. Our world is coming unraveled like a cheap sweater. Governments are being pulled apart. People's lives are being destroyed. 
fear is being preached into the heads and the hearts of those through corrupt media outlets. But Jesus is in the house. And we won't go to the house of God because we have been so twisted by worldly thinking. Yes, there is something to be concerned about. And yes, there's something to be afraid of. But if you're a church member and you're not sitting or watching and supporting your pastor and supporting your church, what's your purpose? What is your purpose? Are you following Jesus for real? Listen. These folks were gathered because they wanted to see Jesus and they had to listen and they did to the preaching of the Word of God. And exactly how powerful was it? Exactly how powerful was that preaching? Well, they brought one to him with palsy. He could have been a quadriplegic he could have been something else going on, but they had to carry him. It took four men to carry him. And they got him to the house, and there was no way in to Jesus. These four men got up on the roof, and they took the roof apart. Now, I want you to understand something. The roof in the houses on this day, many were flat-topped, and they had tiles on the roof. They were. They would get up there, and they 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 dug up those tiles, and they got them loose, and they picked them up, and they moved enough of them out of the way, so that they could take this man up a ladder, get him on the roof, and then lower him down through the rafters. So Jesus could meet. There's a there there's a there's a testimony there, Christian. How much effort do you put into bringing people to Jesus? How much real effort do you put into the testimony of Jesus Christ and bringing others to Him? Do you put the work in it where you would be willing to take a house apart and put somebody in front of Jesus if that's what it took? Usually we're not asked to do that today, not in America. The best that we're asked to do is talk to people about who Christ is and what He's done in our life and invite them and speak to them about the great blessings of the church, the preaching of the Word of God, the power and the authority that it has in our life, the peace that it brings, the encouragement it provides during this time that we're in. And you know what? In too many cases, we won't even do that. We won't even do that. Where have we gone? Have we crawled into a spiritual bunker? Have we gotten to the point where we're saying, I've got mine, let them get theirs? We're denying the great commission of Christ. And I'm not saying it's everyone. I realize there are soul winners out there today. I realize there are pastors out there today who, like myself, who are, are concerned with the lost condition of those around them 
and are willing and wanting and praying about opportunities where they can supply and send Jesus to these people and talk to them about them and be a testimony, a living, breathing, walking, talking testimony. I realize there are good deacons out there like that. I realize there are good church members out there like that. But we have to ask ourselves in this day of dwindling church attendance and dwindling church participation, where is our heart when it comes to bringing people to Jesus? Where is your heart today? If you can say today that you are saved by the blood of Jesus, and in the same breath you can say that you're too afraid to talk to others about Jesus, what does that say about your testimony? What does it say about your walk with Christ? Are you really ready for that to be known? Because I tell you the truth, it is known. It is known by those in the community. It's known by those in your family. It is known by the example that you're setting for your children and your grandchildren. Are you going to set an example for them to be a soul winner for Christ? Or are you going to be setting an example for them to be a seat warmer? Now realize this is stepping on some toes. And I realize it may be offensive to some, but you know what? For the Word of God to work in our lives and for it to bring us to the relationship with Christ that we're supposed to have, it must be offensive to a degree in all of our lives. It must challenge us to look. It must challenge us to seek God's moving in our lives and to seek His direction, His will, and for the courage and the strength to move forward with it. Christ died for you. Christ rose for you. Christ is sitting on the right hand of God today to make intercession for you. But have you came to Him? Have you talked with Him? Have you moved yourself and others toward Him? He wants to save you. He wants you to follow Him. He has a will for your life. Are you putting forth the effort to bring others to Christ? You see, this man of the palsy, he was lowered down and Christ was impressed. He was impressed by their faith. He was impressed by the faith of those four that brought him. You see, they brought him with faith that Christ could do a work in his life. When we are going out and we're talking to people about Christ, it isn't what you can do. It isn't what the pastor can do. It isn't what the church as a whole can do. It's what Jesus can do in their life. And that has to be a work of faith first in your life to go and to bring people to him. These four men, they may not have even known this guy, but they knew Christ and they had faith in him that if they got this man to them, Christ could and would do something in his life. 
They didn't know what, but they had faith he would do something. You see, the, we have to ask ourselves the question, do we have faith in our walk with God that he will do something with people? I hear men all the time in the prisons and in other areas and women base where I go and where I where I witness to people and where I talk to people. And they talk about wanting or having a relationship with Christ. But they don't have faith. You see, they have a wish list. They have a desire. But they don't have faith. And I have to spend time talking to them about their faith. Because I have faith in Christ. I have faith in Christ to save the people who are in the men who are in the prison system. I have faith in Christ to save and do a work in the men in the John Thompson Center. I have faith in Christ to save and do a work in the women and children over at the Friendship. I have faith in Christ to save and do a work in the men and the women of McDowell County, North Carolina. I have faith in Christ. Just as these four had faith. And that faith is something that God will honor. But it's got to be faith in Christ. Not faith in ourselves. Not faith in our works. But faith in what He can do. And faith in what He will do. Grandma and Grandpa, Mom and Dad, you have that wayward son or daughter or grandchild. I know you're worried. I know you've cried. I know you've prayed. But do you have faith in Christ that He can reach them? Do you have faith in Christ that if you give them the Word in your personal testimony that it will plant that seed? Do you have faith in Christ if you keep telling, keep talking, keep loving, Keep correcting. Keep doing what is necessary in that child's life. That Christ will reach that child through your testimony and through your works. He will, I tell you, He will. But you have to have faith. Just as the four have faith. But there doesn't stop with the four. There also includes the positive man. You see, when they lowered him down and he met Jesus, I really believe faith showed up. If he didn't have it before, I believe when he laid eyes on Jesus, there was faith. You want people to lay eyes on Jesus today? Take them to him through his word. That's where you're going to introduce people to Jesus is through the Word of God. You see, they will experience Him in their heart if they call upon Him. But before that, they have to see Him. They have to lay eyes on Him. Just as this palsy man had to lay eyes on Jesus. And they dropped him down and he looked at him literally and physically. Well, we can't do that today because Jesus is not on this earth physically. 
He is spiritually, but not physically. But yet we can take people to Jesus by knowing His Word, by sharing His Word, by loving people. And you see, Jesus needs the faith. And Jesus said, Son, thy sins be forgiven. He knew the heart of that man. And he knew that man's heart was crying out. Come and help me, Jesus. Well, just as there are today, there are always doctors. And many times today, they're in the religious circles. There's folks that are in churches that, well, I've known him or her for my whole life, and I just don't know that God done in his life what he says or her life what he says. He's been a loose living man. She's been a loose living woman. I just don't know. I just don't know. And who are you to say? I'm not nobody to say. But Christ is. And his word says that there's none righteous, no, not one. But it also says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever. Whosoever. I have faith in Christ of that whosoever. There were the doubters. And they, you know what? They didn't doubt before, not publicly. And they didn't doubt the man with palsy publicly, but they did doubt Jesus. And that's where we have a lot of problems today. We have a lot of people out there who want to doubt Jesus. We have a lot of people out there who want to say, well, I don't know if he can do this, or I don't know if he can take care of that one, or I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Listen, friend, I realize people, we can all be very wicked. Always. And that includes you. And I also know Jesus and His righteousness when it's imputed upon someone. It changes lives. It changes lives. Jesus can change lives. He can save souls. That's how the lives get changed. They're changed from the inside out. The cleansing of the heart is seen only from a cleansing and from a correcting and from a moving of the outside. And granted, it doesn't happen as fast with some as it does with others. But we've got to have faith. We've got to have faith. You see, Jesus corrected these folks. And he asked them, who were they? Who were they to perceive in their heart that he couldn't forgive sin? Yes, they considered it blasphemy. But they also had a misconception of sin in this day. You see, the Pharisees, the scribes, and a lot of the Jewish people had a misconception that physical ailments was a result of some sin in a person's life. That had not been forgiven. So Jesus comes down, and I believe this is why he's using this combination of things to say, which is easier for me to say your sins be forgiven or take up your bed and walk? 
And then Jesus tells him to do that. To take up his bed and walk. And immediately he does. I don't know the condition of that man's sin. I don't know if it was something he'd done that resulted in this. or I don't know if it was sin or if it wasn't. But I know Christ made a point to the Pharisees and to all of those that was watching. That it doesn't matter how we believe and how we feel in the situation and the circumstances. If it is the will of Christ to save someone, and if that person comes to them with the right heart to call out in a heart of wanting to be saved and wanting to be redeemed, then Christ will save them. Does that mean that he's going to get every paralytic and get them out of bed today? No, and that's not what I'm saying. I hope you're keeping up. The part about the paralytic and the palsy getting up and walking, it wasn't the, that wasn't the big point of what Christ done. That was the healing was the result of Christ moving in the heart. When Christ moves in the heart today, there is an outward result. An outward result that we choose to ignore often. An outward result that we need to embrace. An outward result of everything that's being made different and being made whole. An outward result of Christ's righteousness and His, His person indwelling that individual. Are we looking for that today? Where is our faith? I'm getting ready to close this down. Where is our faith in Christ? Christian, where is your faith that Christ can reach those difficult people? I've had the privilege of leading some to Christ. I've heard some amazing testimonies. Just because I had faith in Him wasn't anything I did. It was all about Jesus. And He showed up in these men and women's lives. Where's yours? Where is your faith? Where is your purpose, your direction? Where is your attention? When Jesus is in the house. Is it on him? Is your is your attention on Jesus when he's in the house? Or is it on something else? Are you sitting in a pew watching what's going on on the floors, cupping your feet on the carpet? Or are you sitting in a pew looking out a window wondering what you're going to do after service? Focused on Jesus being in the house? Are you focused on His Word being preached? And I'll say this if you're in a church where the Word of God's not being preached, that's your fault because you have the ability to move and you have the ability to go and to find 
where God would have you be. Go where the Word's being preached. Go where Jesus is in the house. Go where your faith is increased. Go where you're encouraged and empowered to take your faith and share it with others in the community and in the households and in the areas you have influence over. Go where you're going to see Christ move and lives changed. Go where the naysayers are going to be squelched and quiet by the Word of God. Jesus is alive and well. And he's doing just as many miraculous works today as he was in the first century. Are we going to let him work through us? That's the question. That's the question. Thank you for joining us this morning. Let's have a closing word of prayer. Heavenly Father and Lord God, Thank you for everything that you've provided. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, I ask today that we would embrace you being in the house. That we would seek out the preaching of your word. Lord, I pray that our faith would be increased. I pray that it would be increased to a point where we would be doing what was necessary going beyond the box, looking outside of the box to bring people to Christ. I pray that our faith would be in you and not in ourselves. I pray for souls to be saved this morning. I pray for Christians to be encouraged and uplifted. Lord, I pray for prayers to be answered. Heavenly Father, would you lead, guide, and direct us? Would you forgive us in the ways that we have failed you? Would you work in our hearts to bring us closer to you? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, thank you. May God bless you throughout this day. Stay safe. And until next time, may God bless you. It's my prayer.